Cyber attacks go from noisy to quiet. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Neil Feather, Chief Innovation Officer at SiteLock. Welcome, Neil. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Um, Absolutely. Many people have probably seen the SiteLock logo on websites before. What is it you do? Yeah, so we help uh, small businesses and medium-sized businesses secure their online presence. We protect around 16 million websites, and we also have tools that help um, business owners keep their employees safe and, and help guard them against online threats. SiteLock just released, in fact, uh, an annual security review for 2020. What does it mean that cyber attacks are moving from noisy to quiet? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's something that we talk about here that, you know, the motivations, I think, for, for cyber criminals have changed a little bit over time. So where, you know, in the past and, and what you see a lot in, um, you know, portrayed in popular culture is this idea that, you know, cyber criminals or hackers are looking for notoriety. They want people to see them. They want to be seen and all that sort of thing. And that was true. Um, you know, historically, we saw a lot of that type of attack happening. But, you know, what we're seeing now is that, you know, while attacks are increasing, uh, the motivation is now more financial. So the longer you can go without getting detected, without being noisy and, and kind of being quiet there, the longer you can continue to harvest information and you know, uh, other assets that you can later monetize as a cyber criminal. What are the top threats to, to websites right now? I think you know, what we see a lot of is you know, the increasing amount of automation that there is uh, by these uh, you know, cyber criminals. So when um, you know, they're not sitting down and you know, targeting your website because you've taken some political stance, that still happens. But for most of our customers, what will be more common is they're running a piece of software that's outdated and starts having and has a vulnerability. And so these folks are able to spin up bots and spin up botnets that, you know, instead of attacking one site and getting, you know, a bunch of information from a really big website, they'll attack 10,000 websites and get a little bit of information from 10,000 websites. And they're a lot easier to compromise these smaller websites because they typically don't have the same amount of defense. They're not as sophisticated, but you know, they may all be running similar software. Uh, so it's easy to compromise a bunch at once rather than you know, specifically target any one particular large organization. Explain the, the backdoor file attack and why that matters today. Yeah, so what we will generally see when we're cleaning up a, a compromised website is, you know, these attackers want a way for them to come back, right? And, and for them to manipulate the contents of the site and pull back data from the site. So they're leaving a backdoor. And all a backdoor is is really a means for the attacker to control the website remotely. So they leave themselves, you know, a hidden file that they can you know, then access. And it's, it's available for, generally speaking, it's available for anyone to access, but because they know specifically where it is, they go there, it's hidden, they access it, they pull back whatever they need to or modify whatever they need to about the website. And then, um, you know, it lets them do that again and again. So maybe the first time they do it, they use it to pull back all of the data out of your database. So now they have all your customer emails and things like that, and they can send them, you know, emails that look like they're coming from you. Or, you know, they might use it a second time to set up a phishing page. So they send all your emails a note and ask them to log into their 
the Microsoft accounts, and then they can pull that data back from your database. So there's a number of different things they can use it for. And once they have that, it really gives them full control of the website. And that's what the backdoor is used for. Many people use WordPress sites, but what is it about WordPress sites that make them more likely to have malware? I think there's a, a few kind of considerations there. So, you know, WordPress as a platform is as secure as any other, you know, CMS that you're going to use. And they really do a good job with, with security generally. I think because it is so popular, you know, so many people love it because it's easy to use and it's got a really big library of extensions and plugins and themes. You can make a great looking site, something that works really well pretty easily. Unfortunately, because it's popular, it also makes it a target and a high value target. So like we talked about, you know, people will use that automation to try to attack websites that are all running similar software. So if you're running an outdated version of WordPress that has known vulnerabilities or you installed plugins that, you know, now have vulnerabilities, you know, people will utilize the fact that it's so popular and they can take, you know, they might be able to compromise 10, 50, 100,000 websites at once. Um, you know, and that's kind of the, the popularity makes it an attractive target. So it's not really that it's any more or less vulnerable than anything else. It's just really, you know, an attractive target because there's so much uh, financial opportunity there. How often is the typical website attacked? Yeah, I, um, you know, it's anywhere between 50 and 75 times a day. And when we tell people that, you know, it's, it always is kind of alarming, right? Because as a website owner, unless you're really looking at it, you don't, you would never think that you're getting attacked, right? Until something changes, right? So a lot of people don't find out until it's too late. But again, coming back to that automation, there's so much, you know, constant traffic looking for any available weakness, any available kind of entry point. They're always kind of probing and trying to run certain attacks. So, you know, it's, it's so cheap now to run these attacks that, you know, they'll run them against any website anytime. Um, and, you know, even the very smallest websites see, you know, you know, like I say, 75 or so attacks every single day. SiteLogs report states that 88% of infected websites were not blacklisted by search engines. So what should individuals do or look for uh, to protect themselves as they surf? Yeah, I think for, you know, um, consumers, you know, you really want to know the websites you're going to and make sure that, you know, you feel comfortable going there. I think for website owners, you know, you, you, realizing that the search engines are, um, going to err on the side of caution most of the time, right? Because if they add someone to a blacklist, they want to be very certain that that's a correct decision, right? And so, you know, because because of the impacts of it and the harm it can cause to a business to get that, you know, this website harms your computer warning uh, in in the in a search results. So, you know, given the fact that they they do tend to be more cautious, it's and and you know that they're looking more for search content than they are for malware specifically. Uh, as a website owner, you want to make sure that you are, um, you know, taking care of that on, uh, separately, just not relying on the search engines, but working with a partner or, you know, doing something yourself to make sure that what you, what's on your website is what you expect to be there. Neil Feather, Chief Innovation Officer at SiteLock. If somebody wants to connect with you, Neil, maybe they want to find out more about these results. How can they do that? Yeah, the best place is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there all the time and, you know, happy to hear from, from folks and would love to connect. Thanks again for joining us and find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net.
Thanks for watching.